let's transition. Let's get into this. I, I, cause I got, I need, I'm gonna need all my seconds. Now we've been in this series called what? Woo! Y'all here today? Called what? Bro. We've been in this series, y'all. And this is week four, and and I want, I'm gonna go ahead and read our series scriptures for the week. Give me um John 15. Give me John 15. John 15 verse one NLT. Watch this. He says, "I'm the I'm the grapevine." My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and prunes the branches that do bear fruit. So they will be, produce even more fruit. He's talking to the disciples. These are the ones who already believe in him. He's not talking about salvation right here. He's talking about what you do after you receive salvation. Right in John chapter 14 and chapter before, he's telling the same ones, I'm going to leave you my Holy Spirit. I've chosen you. I'll poke you out. And now he's trying to teach them a lifestyle of fruitfulness. He says, verse 3, you have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. For, you can, for, you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot, produce, you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I and them will produce much fruit. So if you stay connected and walk with God, you will be a fruit producer as a Christian. He says in verse 3, you've already been proven and purified by the message I've given you. I've already cleaned you up, the message of the cross of Christ, my resurrection and death that I'm about to go do. You've already received and believed in me as Christ. This is, you are, you've already been purified by that. Now I'm trying to give you a, try to teach you how to have a pure, holy, fruitful lifestyle. He says, yes, I'm the vine, you are the branches, verse 5. Those who remain in me and I in them, I will, will produce much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a power to be burned. You are useless to the kingdom of God if you don't stay connected to the vine and produce fruit. You are a useless tree. If you go out to a garden and see a tree ain't doing nothing, it is pointless, it is useless. You might as well cut it down and put some new seed. And often too many of us believe, believe in Jesus Christ for our sins, but don't believe in trusting him for our lifestyle. We're about to get to that because I'm on y'all head today. Verse 7, but if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. Ooh, so it's some true ones and some fake ones. Ooh, he says when you got fruit on your tree, where people can come pick off your life and see what Jesus tastes like, see what love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, did I miss one? All them nine fruits, when they can come pick one and see what I taste like, he said, then you'll be my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Verse 2, this is our, this is our, our series scriptures. Verse, uh, uh, Hebrews, chapter, Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Watch this. A call to spiritual growth. Watch this in NLT verse 11. There is much more we would like to say about this. But it is difficult to explain, especially you who are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Oh, I'm on y'all head today. Y'all don't even know how bad I'm about to get y'all. You have been believers so long that now you ought to be teaching others. He didn't say you have been Christians so long. See, a Christian is Christ-like. He said, y'all not even Christian. You have believed for so long. He says that now you ought to have been teaching others. He said, instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You still talking about, should I smoke or not? We still on basic baby stuff. Child, I'm going to go to church five minutes late. He said, you still need people to remind you to tithe. He said, we're supposed to be on in the revelations, displaying some old future prophetic stuff, but I still got to go back to you with the basic things of the word of God. He says, you are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Verse 13, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant. He says, a lot of y'all who babies and can only, can, only, can only get the basic stuff about Christ, he says, you are still your infant. You're still on milk. And he says, watch this, and doesn't know how to do what's right. So a person who don't know how to live right, a person who don't know how to say the note of sin is what? A baby. A little baby Christian. And unfortunately, we got people that's been sitting in church for 30 years that are babies. See, just mean, just mean. They got their perfect favorite seat, their favorite parking space, and they come in with their white gloves on first Sunday doing the same thing for the last 30 years and ain't changed one bit, baby. Watch why when a visitor take their seat, they mad at her and won't pray for her. I ain't going to, I'm going to stay, bro. Babies. Immature, sinful, loveless babies. And I ain't letting y'all be that. Sorry. This may not be the church view if you don't want me all up in your stuff. Because y'all growing this year. We're not going to sit around and be a church and play church every Sunday. We're going to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Peter said. Watch this. Let me finish this description. Verse 14. Solid food. It's for those who are mature, who through training 
have skill. Oh, so you don't just believe in Jesus Christ and all that shackles just fall off. No, it's through training. That's why y'all need to be up in Bible study. If I came and ate every Sunday, just once a Sunday, I came and ate this Sunday, then came and ate next Sunday, I'd be so skinky. I'd be malnutritioned. But we expect God to pour out the greatness of on our lives when all we do is eat once a Sunday and we struggle to sit here for 90 minutes to two hours. And you wonder why you're still on milk and malnutritioned. Through training, have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So the goal here is for us to live holy. To be able to say what's right that's what God wants from me. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to me right now. And what's wrong? Baby, I don't care how much scripture you use. That's not God. See, that takes some training and some maturity. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Some of y'all may have noticed by now. Some of y'all have already tapped y'all girlfriend, y'all boyfriend, y'all husband. Like, I ain't trying to gossip about pastor. But ain't that the same outfit he wore last Sunday? Some of y'all are like, I ain't trying to be gospel. I love my pastor, but am I tripping? Because he was fly last week, and it's the same. Some of y'all notice, usually pastor come in with a fresh cut. I be trying to look cool for y'all. I want y'all to be happy about y'all pastor. But for some reason, that widow's peak is shining today. And what if? See, I, I may wear the same outfit for the next, like, four weeks. Because y'all gonna say you dusty now. That's just dusty. I ain't even wash it. I ain't took a shower this week. Nah, I took a shower. That's too, that's too. I don't need to go that far to get y'all to understand this. But y'all like, that's dusty. And we expect to come in the presence of God every week with the same spiritual garbage, with the same haircut. With the same nutrition, with the same help that we had last week. Talking about, you, I'm here for you. Now, if y'all call me Dusty for doing it twice, what you think God doing? You think he's accepting it just because you so happen to be here? So you think just because you made it through the door this morning that you have pleased God for the week? You did what you were supposed to do for the week. Can you give me my jean jacket? You better not put a thumbnail on me with this jean jacket on. Take another picture. Take another picture. Now take a picture. That was just for analogy. Y'all switch up a little bit. I ain't got time. You think God is accepting y'all coming in here every week, looking the same way, doing the same thing. It's time to grow. And so when I get up in your business and I see you and you smell like a bag, and I'm like, whoo, that smells good. Um, <laughs> And I get a, I text you after church like, hey, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, I love you so much, sis. Uh, yeah, but um, you were smelling really good at service today. Were you hanging in the car with somebody? You know, I tried to beat around the bush. Were you hanging with some cousins or something this weekend? <laughs> no, because I ain't blaming, I ain't accusing you. And, and the thing about it, let me talk about this, because in and of itself, we can go with a whole argument about marijuana and weed and all that, and it's not a sin, it's natural. He says... Anything that you're a slave to. Some of y'all, if I say stop smoking for a year, I can't, I just can't. I just, you couldn't stop doing it for a week. That means you're a slave to it. That means you have bondage of sin in your life. You couldn't even stop if God actually told you to. And he said, we, I don't even want to go on the whole thing of is it right or is it pure and without that. It's the same as alcohol. It's the same. You can't even stop doing it if God told you to. You're addicted to it. Every time something happens, you're like, we need to roll up. I need to roll up, man. I'm having a bad day. I need to go smoke. My mama died. I just need to go. Right? That's, that's our idol in our life. That's our go-to. And I'm going to keep hitting on that because I don't know why. So I was up praying about this morning. Like, what is all this bondage of a substance? Like, what, is, what are we dealing with now? Where every time something happens in our life, we babies. We just go run right back in the mud. 
That's what you do. Y'all got who had kids. Oh, I know. Brittany can testify to this. She would get the twins together when they was babies. And then she'd turn around and get the other one ready. And the other one probably run and get right back in some candy and mess herself up. So she'd get that one ready and probably go out chocolate. Okay, I'm trying to clean you up. And right when she cleaned that one up, here can the other one doing the same thing. And that's what God has to do with you every week. Get you cleaned up and you repent and you want to jump right back in the mud. How foolish do you look? To come to Sunday and confess to God and be Lord and Savior and know he's true and know his will for your life, then turn around and go right back the next day as if you ain't heard nothing. My question for the week, do you have enough faith for growth? See, I realized when I was studying faith, this, this growth thing takes faith. It takes faith to tithe every week. See, I don't pass around collection plates. That's enabling you. That's putting you in a position to try to force you, manipulate you. If you really love God and you get that check, you want to sow into his kingdom. See, my, my job is to present to you the principles of life. And he says it's a seed principle. You sow a seed, a tree grow. And what happens on a tree? It has multiple fruit with multiple seeds. See, I'm trying to give you the principle of life. I'm not going to pass a plate in front of you and get $20 a week. I want you to be blessed in your life. I want you to be running up here like, promotion. Amen. Minister Kenya just got a promotion. They said, here come 10, 15% more. See, I'm trying to get the principles in your life. And let you honor the principles so you build a relationship with God. Not a, not a, not a, not a, a, a loyalty to your pastor's words. If a pastor said, I'm going to do it because I'm loyal to my pastor, I need to be loyal to Christ. And his rule and order, order and principle in your life. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Let me get into some notes. We all like to do um, Hold on. Karen, where she at? She's asleep. She's asleep. Twin. Come on. I need some help. I need some help. Get a good chain or the bad twin. Which one are you? So, I, <laughs> so, so we a little bit different, huh? Would y'all consider him? I just need one. Oh, see, that must, that's the bad one. with the red card on. That's the one. Which one? Which one? Stand up here. Come on, I'm gonna keep the already guy. I only need one of y'all because y'all gonna distract it. Just use them both, Lord. Just help my analogy, Lord. Y'all would consider, compared to me, these are babies. We are two different complete sizes. Today's lesson is called, get your weight up. See, we need to understand, if we're going to be real Christians, that really live this thing out, it can't be no faking and shaking and playing. We need to mature from baby level to adult level. So here we go. Can you pick this up? Two of them at the same time. Uh-uh, both of them at the same time. Ugh. You got that, huh? Good job. All right, put that down. You try it out, twin. Come on, let's see, let's see who's stronger. Come on, you try it, too. Get the, get the tens. Get the ones your brother had. Can you get them? You can get them. Oh, okay, nice and easy. Okay, all right, now y'all flexing. Okay, flexing. Okay, can you pick those up? See, these are 40s. Over just tens. These are 40s. You can't fudge them, huh? You charm, you charm, twin. Hmm. Okay. Thank y'all. Give me some high fives. Give me a high five. Um, T2, I need some help. I need some help. Now, we're a little bit closer in size. What you about? Buck 80? Buck 90? 205? 230? We about the same. We about the same. I'm about 235. He about 230. We in the same. Now, we would look similar to size. Good-looking boy, good-looking man. You know what I'm saying? We look good. We have a nice exterior. You pick, try them tens out. Tell me what you think. Okay. Well, have you turned it, turn, face the crowd. Come over and face them. See, not too bad. Okay. Try these 40s. Okay. Try these 40s. Okay. A little bit heavier. Try these 70s out. Ooh, that was a little different, huh? Okay. Okay, can you do a, do a little shoulder? Uh, uh, do a couple in there. Yeah, because God may tell you to stand that season. He may tell you to stand that season for a while. Okay, put them down. He said, Pastor, I can go two. Now, these are on average 110. Okay, let me help you out. Let me see. That's that lettering right there. Wow. Okay, well, can you try to, let me see what you got. Now, now. If you don't feel comfortable, just say no. Can you walk all the way around that stage, up this stage, and back? Okay, no. 
Go ahead. You said no. Now, because you're mature and God has matured you and you spend time living much longer than the babies and the twins, now God can say, I need to use you for that. He can do it. I need to use you for that. Okay, Lord, I need to use you for this. Oh, Lord, that's a little bit harder, but I got you. And he said, I, I need to use you for this. And you're like, I, I can hold you, Lord, but I can't move. Now, if he was to go train for six months, if he started with the 40s every day for two, three weeks, then the 70s for three or four weeks, and then in about two months, he better run around the parking lot with you. Now, I got you. Nice job right there. Now, because I've been working with these for some time, this ain't hard for me. Okay? Because these are my personal weights, I can curl these 40s. This ain't nothing. Because I've been in the weight room for some time, this ain't too bad for me. I can even get a little curl in with these 70s. Most men couldn't really do that. <laughs> but because I've been spending time with God and I've been in a weight room for a while and I, I, I've been around this, I can take these and I can move with them. I can teach y'all why I'm holding 225 pounds. I can run up these stairs, come down. Oh, I'm not moving too fast. I've been training. See, I can come over here. Now, this is 225 pounds. How much y'all weigh in here? Most y'all under 200. I can carry another person's weight and not get me. I got fruit on my tree. I can stand here and carry another person's body weight. Now, here we go. Thank you, T2. What God is saying, I need adult, mature Christians. Not babies running around. I can lift to 10. Glory to God. That's great, baby. But God said, I'm trying to give you, I'm trying to use you for every good work. We're going to talk about it next week. So no matter what season of your life I put you in, you will grow to the point of your life being fruitful so other peoples can be carried from it. See, you so much of a baby, all you can do is feed yourself. All you can do is cater to yourself. All you care about is what you want, when you want it, how you want it. You ain't, when you get to be mature, you realize everyone, you get up like, I ain't even praying for me. Lord, bless my sister. Yeah. Child calling me like, hey, I just got to speak it. Send me such and such number because I'm up here just intercessing for them. See, she got mature. She stopped praying about her problems and started praying about other people's problems. God said, I can use you. You can carry another woman or two. I watched the woman of God yesterday, Lady P, sit there and carry and minister to multiple women. God said, I can use you. See, you can, you're, you've been training. You mature now. See, we think maturity is how much scripture we know. How much scripture we can quote. And a lot of us fall at the feet of everybody who can quote the most scripture, who can get the crowd riled the most, who has the most gifting. He says, that's not maturity. That's knowledge. He said, I need somebody with wisdom. Wisdom is having knowledge and knowing what to do with it. See, we got a bunch of knowledgeable fools out here who will speak all the scripture to you and don't even translate it correctly. So you walk around in defeat because you, you don't know how to use your knife. You out there with your knife like, I'll shoot you. You haven't been properly taught how to use the word of God in your life. So, since we're getting our weight up, see, I need to, let me, let me show you here real quick. Hold on, hold on. I, 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 get your weight up. So, it's only in the Urban Dictionary, Urban Dictionary, my friend. See, I know I'm heck of ghetto with my lesson times. So, I, look at, I can't look in the Greek for see, get your weight up. So, get your weight up, watch this Urban Dictionary. Get your weight up means I don't care if you're at school. I don't care if you're working at McDonald's. It's all about elevation in life. I don't care what level you're on. You are striving to elevate in whatever area God has you in. He says it's all about taking your life to the next steps. And that's what getting your weight is. So what I need us to do is prepare to take our walk with God, our spiritual maturity, to the next level. Because we can't be content where we're at right now. I don't care if you can run them around the whole stage. God is still telling Calvin, Pastor, I need you to get your weight up. See, you can do that. That's cute. But God said, I always got another level. See, he said, when I walked on this earth, I was blameless and perfect. So you would never really reach the mark I put you at. So keep chasing. 
Keep him holier. Keep him. See, I have this thing with roll rage. I ain't delivered yet. I ain't delivered yet. I thought I was. I thought I was delivered from going off on people and the McDonald's drop through line. I swear I thought I was. That's why I started talking about it in church because I thought I was delivered. And when I left church last Wednesday, left Bible study from teaching y'all about God. And my line lady P, I know she was in the car embarrassed. Like, oh my gosh, you're not that serious. Y'all know I'm serious about my McDonald's mobile app. And the church has its own phone. So all you can get two coupons. So I'll be doing, I'll be doing my orders. You know what I'm saying? And, and what happened was, what was it she left? Was it apples? What was it she left out the bag or something? Apple juice. So she missed, she missed the apple juice. I put off. I backed up. And I stand there. And y'all, bro, don't judge me. I looked at them. They looked at me and just looked at me. <laughs> Baby, in my mind. And I'm like, right there, my maturity said, stop it. I felt my flesh raising, and right there I had an opportunity to have, what's the fruit of the spirit called? Self-control. And I said, and so I looked at her again, and she looked at me and turned down. I was beating on the window. That really made, now it's a pride game now. She turned. I'm like, open it, hey, you hear me? I know y'all hear me in there. Hey, bro, I'm, hey, man. So she finally come open the window. I said, y'all forgot my apple juice. <laughs> so she turns back, look at her other neighbor, like, is, it, is he just making this up? He said, I don't know what she said. So she goes to give me the apple juice. I'm like, y'all heard me the whole time she's going to, y'all heard me the whole time. You're going to sit there and turn your back. I could have shut my mouth and got my juice and pulled off. But no, pastor, with your gold, Wordsway hoodie on. That's why I had on. Y'all, y'all just sitting there like y'all don't see me. Y'all know how we are. It's because I'm black, ain't it? If I, went, if I was somebody else, you wouldn't be doing this. Get my stuff. And Jovo, I was convicted immediately. Like, I, and, and my pride, the same thing that I had to do a word Wednesday about. And my pride, let me draw, like, I ain't saying sorry, I don't care. That's why they work at McDonald's. Like, can't even do this job right. Want somebody to give you 15 an hour. <laughs> Messed up our economy. Like, just run in my mouth. And God said, you still need to grow. Now, that should have been an easy little, easy little, you shouldn't, that shouldn't even bother you. Hey, Jay, forgot my apple juice. Hey, excuse me, man, I'm sorry. I don't know if y'all seen me right now. My bad. I should have blew the horn. Hey, do you mind y'all forgot our apple juice? Oh, okay, let me get it. Thank you so much, man. Next time I'll be more clear about it and check before I pull off. Have a good night. That's what I, I should have That's what Christ looked like. Yes. See, we'll take just because they did us wrong and use it as an excuse. But then we have an excuse to clap back and pop off and say, I realize we need to still grow up. Do you have enough faith to grow? Because every time we go in the weight room and we train or every time we skip a high-calorie meal, we assume that we're we going to get some gains. We're going to look up one morning and we're going to be feeling lighter. We, we don't see it yet. When you in there, all you see is sweat and funk. You don't see the gains, that you don't, the goal you're trying to get to, you don't see it yet, but you got faith to grow. You got faith. Some of y'all ain't trying to grow. Y'all trying to go the opposite way. But you got faith that there's going to be a change in your life if you continue a pattern of training. If you continue a pattern of eating healthy. God said, I need to have that same energy with me. And too often, too many of us, we look the part. We look the part really good. But that's all we do is just look the part. We got the right church clothes on. We speak in tongues. We got all the right stuff. And we really are infants inside. And we're faking and shaking. Give my video one. Now, just hold on for a minute. Go ahead. Paul, Paul said, you that, that, that. We don't need that. We don't need that. Now, this is what's happening. We went on vacation. And I talked my wife, and I just grabbed this random lady. I said, hey, can you arm wrestle my wife? Now, she was much smaller in size. And Pastor Jordan, me and him, yeah, we clown, he just cheering it on. Now, watch. He cheering it on. See, that's why when we hang around here, we change. Minister King was talking about it this morning. Just stay, keep her stay away from Pastor Jordan. Give me pick two. Give me pick two. What ended up happening is, is a smaller girl that was really weaker than her somehow Beat her at arm wrestling. 
Somehow she lost the arm wrestling battle. Somebody that was bigger, stronger, and more well equipped to win that contest. See, I picked somebody, honestly, that I thought she would easily beat. See, the enemy going to pick some of y'all and think it's going to be an easy win. He thinks it's going to be an easy win because he see, oh, she can't handle me. I'm bigger and better. But then something happened. See, she didn't lose because she was weaker. Every time she gave real effort, she would take overtake her. Her issue was the other girl outlasted her. Every time she would put effort in, she would easy overtake her, but then she would stop and retreat. See, some of our problem is we got the strength. We just don't want to go through long suffering. We know the scripture. We believe in the scripture. We have faith. We're committed to Christ. But every time it's a season that you got to suffer, you break apart. And see, when we get to our point two, we're going to realize, well, that's how you're going to grow. It's how you going to get in the gym and grow if every time God puts you in a hot seat, all the learning, all the stuff you love about God, like I did in that job through, goes out the window. Let's get in this. There's three areas we need to get our weight up. There's three areas we, get, we need to get our weight up. I, I think about the Exodus song this morning, Children of Israel. They need to get their weight up. And they were supposed to have an 11-day journey from out of their situation into the promised land. And it turned into a 40-year debt because they wouldn't allow God to get their weight up. They wouldn't allow God to put them to trust him and trust him alone. So they complain. He give them manna. They complain. He give them water out of rock. They complain. He takes them to the Red Sea. They complain. He takes them out of Red Sea on dry land. They complain. See, they got enough faith to call on him and declare and decree. And the minute he takes you out and puts you in a hard situation because he's trying to get your weight up, he's trying to grow you, you fall apart. Three areas we need to get our weight up. God's ability to save you, sanctify you, and his ability to satisfy you. His ability to save you, sanctify you, and satisfy you. Number one, how save you, redeeming you from sin. We have to get our weight up, build our faith to, to know that God has the ability and he will, he has a, provide, a, a divine plan to redeem us from sin. Romans 1, Romans 1, 16, NLT. For I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who? The Jew first and also the Gentile, everybody. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish, as the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. We need to believe in God's ability to save us through our belief. See, we, a lot of us struggle with this, but I'm going to give you some more scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, verse NLT, Ephesians 2, 8, NLT. God saved you by his grace when you, and you can't take credit for this. It is a free gift. See, Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. God saving you, your salvation, your ability to stand before a holy God and be seen as righteous has nothing to do with what you do. It is a free gift of grace so no man can. He had to make it free so you can't get in front of him like you owe down. No, I don't. I gave it to you for free. You did all that extra stuff. It's a free gift of grace so no man can boast. It's not a reward for the good things you have done. It's not a reward for you living right. It's a free gift. Your reward for you living right is John 15 when we just read. You better name whatever, say whatever in Jesus' name. You'll produce fruit and he'll do it for you. That's the reward, kingdom riches, and bringing the kingdom down to earth. But your salvation is separate. You get that for free. He says, verse 10, for we are all God's masterpiece. Created us anew in Christ so we, got, so we can do the good things he had planned for us long ago. I love this in the message version. Let me give it to you. Ephesians 2 in the message version. Saving is, saving is all his idea, all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. Oh, Lord, if I could just put this on a banner in the middle. All we do is trust in him enough to let him save you. He says it's, a good, it's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play a major role. You don't play a major role in salvation. You play the only major role in living holy. Your salvation, you don't play nothing there. That was Jesus on the cross and the cross alone. Watch this. He says, he says, if we did, we probably would go around bragging. I know I would. If I played a major role in my salvation, I'd be walking around like, I'm a heaven bound, you're going to hell. Ha ha. Like, it was, it's built in our nature to boast. 
every time we, we went on Matt, and we were like, ah, oh, look at y'all, touchdown. Y'all know what I was doing when we won that Chiefs game? I, it was like 10 degrees. And I was running outside with my wife, you know, I'm like, where y'all at? Y'all, I know I ain't the only one watching the game. Ain't nobody in the neighborhood outside, like, boasting. And I ain't been on one field. I ain't threw one ball. But because I live in Kansas City, I'm boasting. Now, if I could take credit for some of my salvation by saying, I don't sin, bro. I don't fornicate. I don't do that. God said, uh-uh. Y'all ain't going to be able to take, y'all not going to be able to encroach on my glory. <laughs> this is my glory. <laughs> don't be Luciferish and try to get something that ain't yours. This is my glory and my glory alone. And anybody that get around and try to come up on my stuff got to go. Watch this. It says, no matter. Let me see what MSG, where we at? It said, if we did, we'd probably go around bragging, about, bragging that we have done the, the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each, each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he has done, the good work he has already uh, he has, he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. I ain't got time. John 6, 53. How do we believe and get our weight up in God saving us? His ability to save us. John 6. John 6. 53. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I'm not lying, bro. No cap. That's a KLT version, Calvin Living Translation. He says, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. That's like Jesus saying, no cap, bro. I'm not lying. He said, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat of this flesh as a son, uh, eat of this flesh of the son of the man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise that person at the last day for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Verse 56. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. I live because of the living Father who sent me, in the same way anyone feeds on me will live because of me. Verse 58. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die, will not have eternal separation from me. We will all physically die. He's talking about eternal separation from him because he is the life. He said, if you separate from me, that's death. He says, as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. Verse 59. Then he said these things while he was watching his teachers. He said these things while he was, was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Watch verse 60. Many of the disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Now, he's not talking about cannibalism. Anybody going around eating each other and eating flesh, don't start going around talking, I got to go home and eat some man feed, man food. No. He's talking about believing in him. He's coming down from heaven, from sovereignty. He said, anyone believe in me. Anyone put their faith in me, eat of this bread. He said, I'm the true bread of life. Anybody put their faith and trust and belief in me, he says they will not die. They will have eternal salvation. Watch this. In verse 60, the disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Verse 61, Jesus was aware that the disciples was complaining. So he said to them, does this offend you? Then what will you think if you see the Son of Man ascend to heaven again? The Spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. This is red, white, and when it get red, it get, when we see red, that is Jesus speaking himself. He says human effort accomplishes nothing in this salvation thing. And the very words I've spoken to you are the spirit of life, but some of you do not believe. They sit right in front of his face. He's telling them, and they still won't believe in him. I don't know how many times I stood in the pulpit and told, and they, people still won't believe it. It's like, I don't, I, he, watch what happens, because I, I don't think about this stuff. Before. Jesus knew the beginning which, one, which ones didn't believe, and he knew who, who would betray him. Judas didn't believe. I, ain't got to, I, I talked about that last week. I ain't got time. Then he said, that is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. At this point, watch, 66. At this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? He had many disciples. Many people follow him, but only 12 would 11 would believe. And unfortunately... We want so, our human pride wants so bad to get some of the glory out of our life. We don't even see it, can't check it, can't grow, can't get to our point where we put our full weight and growth and faith, getting our weight up and what he's done for us on the cross. And he's saying, man, y'all going to leave me too? Everybody who hears this message, I'm giving you the same message. Y'all going to leave me too? Watch this. Number two, his ability to sanctify you, cleanse, cleanse you, getting rid of sin, his ability to not just save you, but cleanse you, sanctify you, set or sanctify means to set apart for holy use. He says, watch, John 14, John 14, verse 15. If you love me, obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, he will give you an advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth, who leads you. He said, I can have the ability to sanctify you. 
put your faith, get your weight up, and put your faith in my ability to sanctify you. I'm giving you a helper called the Holy Spirit who will lead you into all truth. He says, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him, and you don't recognize him. Uh, and, right, and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with, with you and, and, and will later be with you. Watch this, Galatians 5, 16. We got to put our, we got to get, we got to, we got to, we got to get our weight up. We got to grow and mature in Christ. Faith in him to save us and sanctify us. Galatians 5, 16, NRT. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Now, the same Holy Spirit he just said leads you to all truth. That I'm leaving you here to help you live holy. He said, let him guide your life. Watch, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Verse 17, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation of the law of Moses. 2 Timothy chapter 2, watch this. He says, we got to trust him in his ability to sanctify us and cleanse us. Verse 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. They act religious, but they reject the power that can make them godly. He says, stay away from people like this. They're good at playing Christian. They're just not good at living Christian. Mm. They're good at giving prophesying to you. They're just not good at living it and doing it. They can give you all the instruction, but they can't take none. Mm. That's why I said, cruel love, watch you hanging with. He says, stay away from them people. He says, have nothing to do with them people. His ability to satisfy you, his ability to satisfy you, give you a good life, save you, sanctify you, and satisfy you. He wants you to have a good life. Romans 8.31, NLT, Romans 8.31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God be for us, who can be against us? Since he did not even spare his own son but gave him up for us all, won't he also give you everything else? He said he gave you salvation and sanctification. You think he left your good living off the table? He said he gave you his only son. He think your light bill and your gas bill and your new car too much for him? We got to trust his ability to satisfy us. John 10, 10. Watch this. John 10, 10, NLT. Oh, I'm doing message version two on this. Watch this in NLT. John 10, 10. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich, satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. He's talking about your good life and good living is attached to his cross. He died for your sin. He rose for your victory. He, when his blood was shed, that paid the, the debt of sin. But he didn't stay that. He rose to give you resurrecting power in your life. Watch the message version. This is so good. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so they could have real an eternal life, more and better than they ever dreamed of. We have to trust his ability to save us, sanctify us, and satisfy us. And this year, we got to get our weight up. It, 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 listen, it is not new levels, new devils. It's new levels, same devils that have been trying to kill you before. You know what the difference is? Now you're in God's will and you're on his radar. See, before you weren't causing him no issues. See, it's not new levels, new devils. It's the same devils. It's just now you and God's will living right. So, of course, now you and your girl would never beef as much, but now y'all really beef. Y'all didn't beef as much because we all was fornicating and drinking and kicking it, but now y'all want to live holy. Now all the fights start? Where all this stuff come from? See, before you was on cruise control. He owns your life. Now you're like, well, no, I want to live holy. God is sanctifying my life right now. I accepted what he did for me, saving me. Now he's cleansing me up. But the devil like, nah, I ain't giving you away that easy. <laughs> So now it's a fight in your life. And worst way, we're going to have to grow this year because, God, we're about to transition to a whole new campus and all this stuff. And the bigger it get and the bigger, better it get and the more people that come and the more leaders we have, we're about to get our weight up. Because God said, I want to use y'all to change people's lives and show them what I look like. So every time I tell you to pick up that 110 pounds, you can go running with it. You can carry a whole other person on your back or two or three. Because a couple of y'all here about 110 pounds, I can carry a couple of y'all. See, because I've been in the training in the weight room. I've been getting my muscles and my strength up. Watch this. Point one. Perfect your technique. Fasting, prayer, and studying your word. Studying your word produces faith. 
Let me, let me prove it to you. Romans 10, 17, New King James Version. So faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God said, I need you to get your techniques up. How do you get your weight up? Because if you go to the gym and your technique ain't right, see, I didn't notice when I went to pick up them weights, I had to bend my knees and lift. See, y'all, about to throw y'all back out, trying to be a Christian, trying to live holy. And he said, no, get your techniques right. Fasting, praying, studying your word. Studying your word produces a faith. And anybody in here that's being their being they word a whole bunch, you be just having faith for everything. God can do anything. Because his word says exceedingly abundantly. And that's my check. Like, all right, well, just give me that. Lord, I want the whole thing. Like, when you get in God's word, the more you're in his word, the more your faith change. The more your walk with him change. Watch this. Matthew 7 is 14. I got a lot of scripture for y'all today. Get in the Bible app, hit, hit the little three lines, hit the location, save it. All of us in there, you're going to have to go back through this later. There's going to be a lot of text today, but y'all need to get this in y'all because we have to grow. Matthew chapter 7, Matthew 17, verse 14. I'm in the NLT. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for him. Can you get your mic right? And a man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He, he, has, seized, he has seizures and terribly suffers, and, and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you're faithless. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people. Who do you think he's talking to? He's talking about the disciples. They, he took the boy to the church. Woo, he took the boys to the ministers, to the deaconesses. And he said they couldn't do nothing for him. They supposed to have the power. They supposed to have all the power. He said they couldn't do nothing for him. He said, you faithless, corrupt people, how long must I be with you? He says, how long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Bring him here to me. He says, then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterwards, the disciples asked him, Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast the demon out? The demon out? He says, they went, I, waited. I, I would do this too. I would not have asked that in front of everybody. Because we're supposed to be the, the 12. So I'll wait till we get at home eating. Like, hey, uh, why we couldn't do that? We said the same thing you said. He says, you don't have enough faith. He says, Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. You have faith even small as a mustard seed. You can say this mouth to move from here to there and it will move. Nothing, nothing would be impossible. They didn't even have mustard seed faith. They were just talking it. They were just, just preaching a good word. They didn't have a mustard seed of faith that it was going to actually happen. That boy must have been bad off. Give me, give me I, I want to show y'all Mark's account of this. Ken, give me Mark 9. Mark 9, Mark 9. Now watch the same account. Now that was Matthew's account. I got to read y'all Mark's account of it. Watch this. Mark 9, verse 14. Yep, just go. Because I'm going to tell you when to stop. Just go. Mark 9, 14. We in the NLT. When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground, that he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said unto them, You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up mm. with you? Bring, me the, bring the boy to me. Mm. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, mm. and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. Mm. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire and into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible <laughs> if a person believes. No, you talking to the watch this, watch this, y'all. Watch this, though. Go. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Help my unbelief. This is a big one, God. However, something happened in your life, like, dog, I do believe, but oh, we need a million plus dollars. See, I'm talking about words right now. Right. I, I believe, but we need a million. That's a lot. I would believe like a hundred thousand. Because see, what it is, we could do that. She said, but this one? 
ain't nobody been able to deal with this one. I've been dealing with this problem for my, for, since my mama's mama's mama. Mm. Keep going, keep going. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Mm -hmm. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he uh -huh. said. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. And don't come back. Then, then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd mm. as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Mm. After when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that why evil spirit? Why couldn't we do it? Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. Hit that little King, three lines right there. And, and King James it? Version says, and fasting. <laughs> some some your scripture read, by prayer and fasting. Give me that video, too. Give me video two. Let me make this plain to y'all. Keep it muted. No, unmute that. Let them hear it. Five times. Well, and they got to be full. He jumped on that bar. Look at this man. Thinking he can do it. Playing games. In the name of Jesus, and you don't have no faith. In the name of Jesus, you ain't living like nothing. In the name of Jesus, prophesying and speaking in tongues, and you ain't, and you about to go roll up right after church. Won't forgive nobody. And you looking like a fool. Trying to lift weight that you ain't capable of lifting. See, we need to get our technique right. Because we ain't doing no fasting, no praying, no studying, ain't no reading. But we want to jump before the people of God and start churches and do all this stuff and jump on social media and go live and tell everybody what they need to do with their life. And we're looking like fools. Give me Acts 19. Give me Acts 19. Give me Acts 19. We better stop playing with this. Acts 19, verse 13. A group of Jews were traveling from the town, from town to town, casting out spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their, in their incant incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven, seven, the seven sons of Sceva was leading the priests, and leading priests were doing this. But one time when they, were they, when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus. I know Paul. But who are you? I know the real ones from the fake ones. He says, he says, then the man with the evil spirit leaped on him, overpowered all of them, kicked they behind. He said, and attacked them with such violence, they fled from the house naked and battered. Keep playing in the pulpits if you want to. Keep playing on Facebook if you want to. No, you ain't living like nothing but one are talking about I'm preaching it and prophesying, and here's all the word for the week. And you are them same demons you casting out. It's like Jesus I know. Paul I know. But I don't know you, so I'm about to wreck your marriage in your life while you declaring for everybody else. Y'all think this is a game. That's why I'm, I'm very slow before I start popping prophetic anything, before I get up here doing anything, because this is not a game. These spirits ain't playing. They will kick your behind, and you'll be depressed and oppressed, but you want to declare over everybody else. You want to talk about everybody else. You need to shut your mouth and sit down and get your techniques right. Get to some praying and some fasting and some getting into your word. Mm. Let me give you a, a couple of quick techniques. We're going to go through these real fast. Ephesians 6. I got to read these fast. Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. 13. Watch this. I'm on message version. Ephesians 6, uh, 13 through 18, message version. Be prepared. You up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over, by, by, the shouting, by shouting, you will be still, you will still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. Learn how to live what you're preaching so much of. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is indispensable weapon. In the same way prayer is essential to ongoing warfare, get your techniques right. Pray. You need to be in prayer. He says it's in this ongoing warfare. Pray long, hard, and long. Not for, sometimes it, baby prayers won't get it done. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's uh, each other spirit up. Uh-oh, that somebody carrying big weights. You can carry another person. He says, keep, he says, keep your eyes open. Keep your other spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Your job ain't for yourself. You're supposed to be carrying somebody else, but you still want 10 pounds. You only want carriers that weigh 20 pounds. You still want to carry uh, a baby Holly Nelson around. I carry the baby. 
just give me the little, the little groceries. I don't want the bags. Because that's all you're capable of doing. Because you know if you go try to lift, you're going to embarrass yourself. Mm. Watch this. Get, watch this thing. Philippians 4. Philippians 4, 6. And to perfect our technique. Philippians 4. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Yep. Philippians 4. Right, I'm going to start at verse 4. I don't think y'all got it. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again. Rejoice. Let me say it again. Rejoice. Have joy, then rejoy again. Because y'all doing the heart of hearing, always be full of the Lord, joy of the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Paul's telling Philippi. Verse 5, let everyone see that you are considered in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. He says, verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Here's his prayer technique again. He says, watch this, watch y'all, watch this four-step program to experiencing God's peace. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Watch that step four, step four paragraph. He's watch. Then, watch how many times we're going to see then. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace is going to guard you. It's going to set you up as a, as a fruit of the Spirit and keep you. Watch this. Watch this two-step program for how to get God's peace, how to get the God of peace in your life. See, we got to see. He says, and the God will give you peace. Then, the God, the God, then you will experience God's peace. But hold up. Watch what happens here, verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, he's talking about you, Christians. One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. That's step one. See, some of y'all don't have the God of peace because you keep listening to every other kind of music in your car. And wonder why you want to punch everybody and why you want to have sex tonight. Well, all you listen to is Chris Brown. I'm in, I'm not, I got to go. Verse 9. Keep putting into practice. First, fix your thoughts. Now put into practice and lifestyle all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. First, God, you will receive and understand and receive and experience God's, God, God's peace. Now the God of peace. So when you go from just begging and living, the God of peace will be with you. You will experience the real one. Watch this. Number two. Uh, I'm sorry, James. James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Uh, Proverbs. Give me Proverbs. Give me Proverbs. Proverbs 3, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. Then he will show you which path to take. Well, Pastor, how do I know? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Depend not on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. Then you'll have a good direction of what you do with your life. Then he'll show you your purpose. Then you'll know whether that guy's what you need to be with or not. First, you got to stop messing with him first. First, he says, trust in the Lord. Do not depend on your understanding. That means you don't get to do what you want to do. Seek his will. Get, line up your life with what his will says. Then, verse 7, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord. Turn from evil. Then, you will have healing in your body and strength in your bones. Verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best parts of everything you produce. Give to God, sow seed into his kingdom. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. See, God is trying to see, see salvation is free. But if you want to live holy, you got to do something first. That ain't free. Then you will see God move after you've moved. Watch this, verse 11. My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you. For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as the Father corrects the child whom he delights. First James, James 5.13. James 5.13. Are, are, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Oh, God, here we back to this praying technique. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Here's this worship thing. Are you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you. Anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. Church prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayers of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Number two, gym time. Session two is gym time. 
Now we got our technique right. We know we got to do prayer, fasting, being in our world, which is going to produce faith. Now we got gym time, but it's only one way to do a gym time, spiritual growth. Strength training, testing by trial. James 1.1, MSG. James 1.1. Watch this in the message version. I had to give you two in the message. Consider the sheer gift, friends. Talking to the Christians, talking to you. If you want to grow, if you want to, it's testing time. If you're ready to go to the gym and experience all these strategies you just had, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Mm-hmm. So when there's pressure coming from everywhere, it ain't time to cry. That's a time to have, to have great joy. Then as he says, consider, uh, to, have, uh, to, to consider it a great joy. He says, watch. When you, when, uh, he says, when you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Test time so you don't try to get out anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature, well-developed, and not deficient in any way. God said, now it's gym time. I'm trying to grow you. Verse 5 through 8. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves you. He loves to help. You will get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly. Believing without a second thought. Watch this. Watch this. People who worry their prayers are like wind-wiped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master the way you're, uh, the, that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. I got to read this in NLT. You ain't got to throw it up there. I'm going to just read it, verse 7 in NLT. He says, he says, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Verse 6, he says, but when you ask them, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Better get your faith up. Don't waver. For a person who is divided, has, a person with divided loyalty is as settled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Have y'all ever seen a wave still? Have you ever just looked at the ocean? Is it ever still? Is the lake just ever just not moving? He says, people who are double-minded, who are over here and over here, and I'm going to do my life, and I'm going to honor God. He said, don't you dare pray thinking you're getting anything. He says, their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. You have no stability in your life because you're all over the place. You're in the world and trying to come to church and do what God say. And he says, you're not going to get anything from me. See, that's the test, and we need to consider great joy. Watch Romans 5, 3 through 4. Watch this in the NLT. He says, he says, we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, but we know that they help us develop endurance. He's trying to gym time and build you up. He says problems in your life only mean God is about to move. He's maturing you. He's testing out your patience. He, I mean, he's testing out your prayer life. He's testing out your, fa- fast, uh, 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 your uh, fasting life. He's testing out your ability to get in your word and seek him. He's testing out your faith. He says so we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Sounds familiar like we just read that. He says, he says when we, these trials come up, consider it a sure gift. He's saying the same things to the church in Roman. He says in uh, verse 4, in endurance, Develop strength and character. Character strength is our confident hope of salvation. I'm trying to complete and build you. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Keep on praying. That's that strategy. Last one. Now we need session three, real world testing. We got our technique right. Got our techniques right. We got in the gym, puffed up, got buffed. Now, the worst thing you see a big old buff do, and then he goes to the office desk all day. What's the point? I can see if you're a, a, a fireman and you buff. You got to save people, bust through doors, boom. I can see you a police officer, you walk around buff. But one of the worst things, you see this big buff dude, nice arms, and he goes to the desk in front of the computer all day. What is the point? Watch this. It's real world testing now. We improve, we love God, we living in his grace, we produce some fruit, we carry on weights. Now it's time for some testing. Watch this. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Now it's time for us to go out in the world and show them what Christ actually looks like. Watch this. Offering them something for nothing, just like he offered us salvation for nothing. We should be loving people and doing good to them. Just cuss. Watch this. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 through 9. For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord and don't be ashamed of me. Either, even though I'm in prison for him, with the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. If you walk around telling people how much God loves them, you're going to have to suffer. Real world testing, that's why your prayer life and your fasting life, you got to get in your word. Now you're strong enough. Now you can carry people. Now you can spit the gospel no matter if they receive it or not. You can love them anyway. 
Now that parent or auntie or uncle who did you wrong, well, okay, I love you anyway. Now it's not hard for you. Watch this. He says, verse 9, for, the good, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan from the beginning. From the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. I'm closing, I'm closing. Give me 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, NLT, watch this. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to parents, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Nothing is sacred no more. Just do whatever with your body. Just do anything. Nothing is sacred anymore. Nothing holds any meaning or respect or reverence anymore. He says they will be unloving, unforgiving. They will be slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They just want to feel good. They love pleasure more than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. closing here. I gotta read one more verse to y'all. We need to grow up. And a lot of people ain't gonna like this message. But this makes you have to look in the mirror and realize how dirty and trash we are. Even the most holy of us gotta go back and say, I ain't nothing. Grow some more. Back to the gym. Back to prayer. Back to fasting. Back to my word. Back to getting tested. Gotta go through another testing so God can complete me so I can lack nothing, so I can be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, he says in James. I'm only going to get that when trials come. Count it all joy. Ephesians 6.10. I read half of this already, but I'm going to read the rest of it. Ephesians 6.10, MSG. Watch this. I love this. The title of this is A Fight to Finish. A Fight to the Finish. Why we need to be in the gym. Why we need to get our weight up. Why we need to go higher. It can't just be settled where we at. It can't be any contentment here. Watch verse 10. He says, and, the, and that about wraps it up. God is strong. And he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to you so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no weekend war. This is no Sunday-only war. That's why I need to be in y'all word and prayer and fast, have a lifestyle of this daily. This is no weekend war that we will walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. He says, this is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. This is not a game. And my assignment today was to wake us up some more. I told the ministers, I said, it's going to be a long one today. It'll be like an hour and 20. It ain't going to be no hour. Because if we get this, too many of us are struggling with too much stuff. And if we can get this in our, our ability to trust God to save us, sanctify us, and satisfy us, our ability to learn the right techniques of fasting and praying and getting in our word, which is going to make us have a strong faith. Our ability when it's gym time and accept testing and trial to count out all joy when we fall into this because it's only God's design for us to put to lead us in this place to strengthen us, to get our endurance up, to get our patience up, and then go out in the world and show them what he looked like. Show them what the love of God looks like, the power of God looks like. And some of us want this. Some of us want it. Some of us are so tired of life as usual. Some of us are like, that, like that, that, that wave all over the place. Happy one hour. I don't know why you're mad the next hour. He says, because your loyalty is divided between two things. You got one foot in the world and culture. You ready to go to the club and hang with your cousins and do all your stuff on the weekends. And then you want to come bless my name the next day. He said, you don't even try to stop. You pre-plan it. You pre-plan on Monday what you're going to do on Friday. You don't even do that for church. You be ready to kick. You be plying all week what you going to do. He said, your loyalty is divided. And what if I try to walk down the street like this? Look like a fool. You still worried about your career and what you want to do and what God, what your plan for. 
I'm going to dress how I want to. I'm going to do what I want to. It's my life. Loyalty divided. You have no interest in saying, my temple, my body is the temple of the Lord. How I present myself, what I look like, I'm, 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 I'm representing Christ. So I'm going to make sure I look sexy, I look good, lashes on point, lace front, killing the game. But I'm going to make sure I'm respectable. I'm going to make sure they're going to see me and like, she look good, he look nice. But I bet you ain't going to respect me because I carry the Holy Spirit. See, he said, I need y'all to line up practical, everyday things with me. Everyday practical steps in your life. That's the only time you're going to see my power move. Salvation is free. Blessings ain't. Guys, I offer you right standing with me and life eternal with me for free. That's whoever believes in me should not perish out of every last life. But if you really believe that, if that really is something in you, it's going to spark something in you. If you understand my love for you and what I've done for you, that I'm going to accept you just like you are. While you were yet sinners, Christ died. That I'll accept you dirty just like you are. That should spark something in you. I want to love him back. He says, you love me, I first loved you and freed you now to love me back, to have a relationship with me. And some of us want this. I'm tired of the same old. Yeah, kicking. Hey, listen. If you kicking it feel good. Some of the best days of my life is a frat boy. If you ain't having fun in your sin, you ain't doing it right. Fornication feels amazing. No matter how. Like drinking and, and, and over drinking and smoking and kicking it and partying was great. I used to pull up in front of the club, top off, slap in the trunk. Everybody like, dang, that was great. I'm popping out like, uh, stepping out. You, know, you can't smile and then when you get out, you got to step out. Like, uh. yeah, so I see you, homie, yeah. Like, that, that was great life. Like, pr- full of pride. Just full of myself. If you ain't kicking it in the world, you ain't doing it right. But God said, if you really understand what I did for you on the cross, you don't even want to be like that no more. And a lot of y'all got something in your belly poking you every day. Every day you do something and it don't feel good to you. Every time you do something, you're like, man, why I even do that? Like, every day it's poking you. That's the Holy Spirit saying, holy, sanctify, come out from the world, stop doing that. I want you. And you're like, I got to give it up. And you divide it. You divide it. And God, y'all, some of y'all are going to say, not no more, not today, not after today. Not after today, Pastor. I don't want it anymore. See, this is my favorite part of service. That's, I just need to. This is my favorite part of service. 